My people, sorry for the seven months of anticipation for episode two, but we are back and ready to rock. As a reminder, How Tall Are You is meant to connect tall women over our love, struggles, and stories that go along with standing out from the crowd. Standing at six feet, three inches, I'm your host, Jackie Rainica, or JT Ray to many. It's up for debate if she's actually 6'1", but she definitely fits the criteria for a badass woman over six feet tall. One of the most reliable teammates and friends, Vanessa would do anything for a good pizza pie, loves Adele, and has the most contagious laugh. Always leading her own path, she studied anthropology, spent two years after graduation teaching in the Dominican Republic at an all-girls program, and then two years working in museums in New York City. Vanessa just started her master's in museum studies and then plans to attend law school. I'm grateful to have a friend who pushes my understanding of the world. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Be nasty. Welcome. <laughs> Where did that name come from? Um, honestly, this is really embarrassing. Um, in like 2011, maybe 2012, there was like this rapper who I do not like push, like Krayshawn or something and from like the Bay. And she had this song and it was like, free be nasty. And I thought that was a hilarious lyric, so I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick that oh, up. Well, now I have to buy the song and put. No, it. no, no, no! Like, there's nothing great about her at all. In fact, we are like anti Krayshawn, but like, okay. <laughs> but I was there at that in that moment of time. I was like, yes, this is what I'm picking up. <laughs> okay, so we start each episode with a funny being tall story. I know you probably have plenty. Are there any that stand out that come to mind? Yeah, I'm so I'm sure like all tall women have endured like really annoying attempts at pickup lines um, <laughs> and have like a whole list of them to like share with people that are really funny. But one of them that sticks out to me happened recently. I was walking here in New York uh, with one of my actually high school teammates who's also tall. She's like six four. And we were just like walking, minding our own business. Uh, at a stoplight and this guy like pulls by his car rolls down the window and he's like damn twin towers <laughs> it's like wildly inappropriate and we're like um okay and then he just like drives off um so yeah i feel like there's there's plenty of really like corny attempts to like get our attention that always have to do with our height but also what did he think you were gonna do be like yeah want my number yeah but also like that specific reference is just like sir come on um and then also i think like people probably make a lot of assumptions about like tall women and i think something that's funny that maybe people don't assume is that like we i'm gonna speak for myself but like i love to be little spoon like people Wait, like i know that i'm the tall. little spoon when you're yeah. like in bed when i'm sleeping yeah right like <laughs> i i am a whole like six feet one but when i sleep i'm very compact and like a lot of my partners have been smaller than me and i'm like okay like get get back there and do, like get your like jetpack on and just like reach around because i want to be small so do what you need to do oh interesting uh, <laughs> and i feel like that's like I don't know, something people Do you think that's like has a deeper meaning that you want to feel small? <laughs> I don't know. For my therapist. Um, <laughs> no, I just think that like I sleep, I like to curl up in a ball when I sleep. It's just a sleeping And you like to be cuddled. Yeah. 
Everyone That's does. totally fair. And then was it hard for you growing up or did you always like being tall because you played sports or? Um, so growing, I have an older brother who is significantly shorter than me. He hates it, um, but he wasn't always that way. So I think I always like measured myself. Like I would be growing and just watching myself like tower over him. Um, I didn't mind being tall growing up. Uh, especially since I played basketball, like there was always other tall girls around me. Um, but I think something that was like really annoying and maybe you can relate to this was like shopping for like shoes and clothes. So my something I remember distinctly about me was I was always the same age. Like my age always corresponded with my shoe size <laughs> until I was like 12, right? So imagine like being 11 and having a size 11 shoe, just like enormous, right? Um, and so I don't know, like, I think that was something that I really struggled with, with my like identity and like self-confidence of like finding clothes that were affirming to me that weren't like, you know, like women's business clothes. Um, so I don't know. I think as I grew up and especially now, I'm really thankful for young people. Now Gen Z has like so many opportunities. Like I think right now we're in a time where like clothing isn't as gendered and you just like put on whatever you want and like make it work for you. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're also now like in this moment, I think of like body neutrality, which I was just like reading about, which is like not, it's not like the in-between between body positivity and like being negative about your body, but it's just like, let's get beyond like talking about our bodies. Let's like, let's all just be at peace of like where we are and what our bodies are and like talk about more important things. And right. so like, I, I hope, I wish that for like all young, growing, tall women to just be like, it's not that big of a deal. You are you. You are perfect. Like, yeah. wear whatever you want. Let's move on. I love that. Yeah. And speaking of actually, so you, well, your girlfriend <laughs> is a model, correct? That's yeah. her. Yeah. That's Almost her. a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but you've been getting into it a little bit too. And yeah, that's interesting uh, that you're in that space and you're talking about, like you said, body positivity or whatever we're talking about bodies, like we, that shouldn't be a thing anymore. But I, I wonder your perspective within the modeling world. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's just preface that I am absolutely not a model. Um, yes, you are, Vanessa. Okay. Uh, so, Vanessa okay, is so in let vogue. Me, let me let me explain the situation. So my wonderful partner um, is she models amongst other things like literally honestly modeling is like the least interesting thing that she does um but she models and in june like well before june like vogue and all of the other big brands are like looking for uh layouts for their pride month right and so my partner they like my partner's agency was like do you have a partner that's like hot and she's like oh do i <laughs> um and so she brought me to like a shoot and it was just it was fun it felt like take your child to work day because like i've i've gone with her to shoots to like support her and blah 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 but never like been you know on set like with the mua right. <laughs> and everything so it was just like a really fun experience and it felt really natural like being there with her um so we've done like two shoots before like we did a vogue italia for for their pride shoot and then like um I think in October there was like a lampoon magazine that came out that was really fun. It was like in a farm in Long Island. Um, but I I don't know if I'm gonna like try to be a model because the industry is like really, right. really whack and like the stand like the beauty standards, like the way that they treat their talent, like mm, it's like 
I don't know, especially here in New York. So all that to say is like, I enjoyed it, but I don't think it's for me. It was a fun experience, but not something you want to do full time. Yes, exactly that. Does Tara, is that her full time job? Is that what she considers her occupation? No, she she does a million things, which I love about her. Um, it's kind of like one of her creative endeavors. So she like she runs a whole data business that she started, oh, wow. um, like a data analytics, and that's her like background. Yeah. Um, but she also like she writes and she acts and she like really wants to kind of explore and pursue that's that awesome. as a profession. Um, so modeling was something that she like stepped into to kind of help her get to. Um, this larger goal of like creating television and being behind the camera in front of the camera right well (laughs) at least you have modeling as a backup because (laughs) you did very well I thought those photos were awesome but let's talk about your kind of career path and where you want to take your um talents oh yeah oh my gosh to South Beach of course um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, well, so right well now, first of all, where, where'd you, where'd you start out? What'd you study? What are you interested yeah, in? Yeah. Um, so I studied anthro, uh, anthropology in undergrad, um, stumbled into it, literally like did not even know what that word was. I had to Google it when someone told me that that's what their major was. Um, but it was really perfect because it allowed me to like explore culture and language and like food and religion, um, in like an academic setting. And then I got really interested in like museums and art. Um, so did that in undergrad and I went to the Dominican Republic and worked there for two years. Um, and I went there specifically because like I wanted to talk, I wanted to learn and talk about like blackness in another setting. Um, so like college was like a really transformative and like eye-opening experience for me and like my understanding of blackness because I'm from Ohio and we like don't have people from the diaspora there like we we just like have african-americans so like going to college like i was exposed to all of that having like really intense conversations about like what it means to be black around the world and in different cultures and settings um and so i wanted to go to the dominican republic to talk about afro-latinidad and it was like it was a great experience loved it um it was i was like there there are a lot of tall women there so i didn't like stick out that that much but um no so i had a great experience um and then i moved back to the states um worked in museums here in new york for a bit uh and now i'm kind of studying i'm getting a master's in like it's like museum studies and art history um here in new york and i'd like to pair that with a law degree to kind of pursue um art law and like larger questions around like repatriation and cultural heritage and then like there's there's I mean there's so much there's so much that's happening right now like the art world with like even like nfts and intellectual property um that I think that this is like a really cool kind of niche um space to step into so how does law play into art a lot of different ways (laughs) I know Um, but what interests you the most and yeah I mean this is just something that I think is so unique And you see many avenues in it, but I think a lot of kids, when they're going through school or they're trying to figure out their career path, law within art is just not something I would immediately think of. Facts. Yeah. Um, I'm really thankful that I, like, ask a lot of annoying questions to people because 
otherwise I think I would have just like jumped on some type of conventional path or right. just like not not have known like what opportunities are out there um or known that I can like create things um, right. if I really kind of put the effort in um so art law is kind of like a misnomer because law like intersects with all industries in various ways right yep. like at at museums or at galleries or at whatever that has to do with art, at cultural institutions like there is legal representation so there's like that side of it um there's like there's the need for people to help run estates of artists like artist estates or just like old rich dying people that have collections of art like they need someone to help them figure out the, lo the logistics of right. distributing that and their funds um you know intellectual property is kind of really big like rights and, and permissions um but i i'm specifically interested in like the return of cultural artifacts from museums which mm. um in the art world everyone's talking about it now it's kind of a really big deal in the past five years a lot of countries a lot of european countries um that colonized uh various nations in the past are now kind of um, being called in to, or called out and called in to like return those materials that they're holding. Wow. Um, so I'm really interested in that process and how it's kind of going to change uh, the logics of like property and ownership and like what it what it means for a museum to like hold something. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think it, it's like what I wrote my thesis on. I feel kind of like a nerd, but also very lucky that I'm like I'm literally working in what I was interested in, like in college. That's awesome. Um, what was your, what was the title of your thesis? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, what was it? It was like taking a, uh, shit. Um, looking. <laughs> you can just explain it. It's like, it was like taking a deeper look or some shit like that, or looking behind the glass, something like clever. Okay. Um, and it was about like- Colon. Colon. Yeah, yes, lots of, it, was, it was very long. Um, and it was like looking at, um, collections and acquisition practices in museums. Wow. And so you must have relationships with some of these, um, I don't know, what do you call them? Museum organizers? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I try to stay tuned and make, you know, like network with various people in museums, museums that I like actually care about here in New York. Right. Um, and then one of my friends, um, incredible person, her name's Carissa. She's been leading like the unionizing efforts at the Whitney, which is, which is huge, right? She's, yeah. she's our age and like not single-handedly, but like led the charge for fighting for like livable wages and like decent pay. So and, she works there? Um, yeah, I think she, she just stepped away from it um, and is, is stepping more into like unionizing efforts um, wow. in New York. But like young people, we're really out here doing things in all industries, but like, especially with like in the arts and cultures, um, I think there's like a change that's happening and it's like being spurred by people that are thinking really deeply about these institutions that have existed so long. Like you. Trying to be a part of it, yeah. <laughs> How many students are in your program? Uh, don't get me started about my classmates. Um, <gasps> Do you like, like that? Maybe like, maybe like 40 um yeah be I, I careful some, they might be listening <laughs> i've made I've, i'll say this i've made some really great friends like there's like five or six that i really like and that's okay. a high number um maybe we'll cut this part out <laughs> no, it's, no it's okay i don't care if they hear that um okay. i would say that they're uh, they're really young a lot of them are really oh. young um, coming right out of 
college or like a year or two out. Um, so we all kind of come to the table with different experiences and backgrounds. Um, so it, it's interesting. It's a two-year program. Um, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll be my future colleagues. Like we are the next generation of like museum and art professionals. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm making some really good friends, which is important. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds well, it just sounds like you kind of know exactly what you want to do. And I think that's awesome. But it was also like a very long process of figuring that out. Like, yeah, and you're really truly following what you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, so I think you'll do great things. I hope so. I got some advice from this like really old kind of sketchy white man a few years ago and he like but it's like really resonated with me yeah and he, he was like listen like you should split your life up into thirds um like the first 30 years are to learn and the second 30 are to earn and the last 30 are to return huh. and I was like yo facts like I I don't want to stop learning when I graduate like undergrad right like I right. want to spend all of the, as much time as I can like learning pursuing things that actually interest me and figuring out like who I am and what I want to dedicate my time to because mm. realistically there's literally so much time for us to work oh yeah that's that's not a problem we live in a capitalist society like there will always be a job out there ready to like mm -hmm. shackle us in um but I think like it matters what we do it should matter to us what we do and what we spend our what what we spend our like nine to five or however long doing for 30 plus years. So I want to just like make sure that it's something that I care about deeply and that's like stimulating and also like something that's important that I think is important to the world. Right. And I think during this pandemic, it's become very clear the underappreciated jobs and how we value making money. And yeah. unfortunately, the jobs that people might feel passionate about, you also might think, okay, well, I can't earn a living that way but yeah. I think we're starting to realize and you mentioned Gen Z and and um standing up for what we what we believe is right I think will continue and I I hope I hope people can continue to follow their passions like you are yeah I mean I I, I hope so. are, we, are we Gen Z like um I don't you're, know. you're younger than me right yeah. I think you're on the cusp, but I'm definitely a millennial. Cusp, Gen Z, cusp, Scorpio. Yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I think that this was definitely an eye opener. And I hope that this next generation, like we kind of step, step back from like what has been expected of like workers or just like people in general right. and like step into like things that really matter. And so what do you do? I mean, I'm sure you spend a lot of your time studying, but are there any things like groups or um, activities or things you found in New York that you have learned from or gained some more friends? Um, any other interests? Yeah. This is a great question. In fact, I want to, so I think that people should always ask this question when they first meet each other, like, instead of like, oh, what do you do? Right. Like, what are you, what are you interested in? What, what like community activities do you do? Yes. That really tells me more about who you are as a person. Um, I just like, COVID has been really hard to do like right. social things and in person. So I've been hanging out with my friends a lot. Um, my partners, friends, I've like been introduced to this whole world of just like 
multifaceted people, mm. like creative people. I don't know about you, but like a lot of my friends from school, like not a lot of them were like creating things or like mm. working on something, like writing or making music or like do art. Like that's not really the realm of friends that we kind of came from from school. And so I've been working really hard just around myself with that those types of people here in New York. Um, so doing a lot of like, you know, going to shows, um, going to galleries, uh, artsy gay shit. Um, also like, uh, a lot of, there's been like a lot of like social activism stuff, um, community rallies. Um, but yeah, I try to keep my ear on the ground and just like show up for people that I care about and like the, the kind of issues that they're working behind. Um, and then just vibe, like have fun and, and mm. inject as much joy as I can in my life because a lot of a lot of my time goes to studying, as you said. Oh my goodness. And then <laughs> even more, I think when you're studying for your law degree. Yeah, that'll be that'll be brutal. So I'm just trying to enjoy the city now and enjoy this. But it's this fun. Week. I kinda wanna go back to school. I think it's, it's so fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I would um, I would invite everyone to do it if I can. And do you like, did you look outside of the city? Were you interested in leaving or? Honestly, no. Like I, when I got here in 2019 to like live permanently after DR, I, I didn't think I was going to stay very long because I grew up coming to the city a lot. Um, but it's just different when you're young, like going to Broadway, going to like see live performances and stuff. So I like simultaneously fell in love with the city which I call my boyfriend and like my partner and I was just like I'm, I'm staying here <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm staying well I here. think especially with art it's just so rich with it yeah. right yeah and you can always find something to do exactly what are your favorite um museums what do you suggest visit? oh my gosh that's such a hard question because I'm actually like very much anti-museum which is the gag um <laughs> no, um, that's interesting. No. Well, yeah, I think actually a lot of people in my program are, and that's like why we're there. A lot of us are there to like do like decolonial work and like really interrogate like the role of museums. Right. What's the, the meaning behind museums? Yeah. So very much like abolish museums as they currently exist, um, but or just like do work important work within them. Mm. Um, there are a lot of really great museums here in New York. Um, the museum club i went up there for a performance art i think it was up like the bronx museum was really cool it's a bit of a trek if you like live in brooklyn or like somewhere like midtown or, or or in manhattan but the bronx museum um i've been to i really like the cooper hewitt museum which is like on museum mile mm -hmm. um i would highly recommend going to that it's like a it's a it's a design museum oh, cool. and they have like an exhibition right now on like fashion, like New York fashion. Very cool. Um, what else? What else? Yeah. Those are the only two that I, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the Brooklyn museum, they, out of all of like the larger institutions here in New York, I think they do like an okay job okay. and I've been there multiple times. So like, if you wanted to take, a, a visitor to a museum, like a big museum here mm. in New York, I would say to go to the Brooklyn Museum. Mm. But they're very problematic. Let me make sure I say that. Mm. Um, but yeah. Those Is that ones. a smiley face ring? Yeah. <laughs> My friend gave it to me. I face it like inwards towards me. Oh, so I, I can... love that. Isn't that cute? Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. As we wrap up, 
I think maybe we wanted to mention what, so in New York, yeah. what is it like being tall? I know you mentioned that one story at the beginning um, about <laughs> being catcalled because that yeah. is a, that is a very um, common occurrence. Yeah. But how do you like it? How, do you feel like you've become more feeling like yourself? Um, it seems like you surround yourself with people that make you want to be a better person. So just talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, being tall in New York is like a, a, a non-factor almost. Like I, I don't notice it because there, there's so many tall women here. In fact, mm-hmm. I always like stop and crane my neck or like give some like another woman an up down to see if she's wearing heels like when I see them. But it's it's so commonplace for multiple reasons like especially especially like where I live um the closer you go to Chinatown where they do all the casting calls like there are models everywhere like you could throw a rock and hit a model um and so so like I'm like unfazed usually and I don't feel like I like stick out that much um but something that I found interesting is that like I think gender wise a lot of times I'll step out of the house and I present like pretty like androgynous right um and that's a really weird dynamic because you're talking about like cat calling like sometimes if people don't read me as a woman then like i i i have no problem walking down the streets or i don't have the problem with cat calling um but then i'm like vulnerable to other i'm susceptible to other forms of like violence by like walking down the street and looking like a tall black like person with like locks which are for you like loose haired people is like dreadlocks as they're often called um so there's like it's a double-sided coin i think um that's so interesting yeah and um, something you didn't necessarily deal with before you got to new york right yeah 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 so i don't know new york is like a weird place i would tell everyone to keep their head on a swivel like oh yeah uh, but being tall here I, I don't feel like I stick out because of that. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm really thankful for that. New York, people here are like too busy doing whatever they're doing to <laughs> like so even true. pay attention to you unless you're in their way. So I like, I appreciate the like anonymity of mm. just being able to vibe through the city. Right. Do you have advice for tall women out there who might be finding their way? I, I would say um, don't hunch. Uh, <laughs> it's bad for your long-term health um if anyone asks if you're a model just say yes uh all in that like embrace that because there's like so much power like we command so much power with our height so just like step into that if people want to stare at you give them a show um <laughs> and then like i don't know shout out to this is like this is a side note but also very important i think to be said and for like tall people to hear like also shout out to like short kings like we are very pro short kings like of all genders because like it's i think oftentimes people are like really intimidated by height for like romantic uh, relationships or whatever and it like does not need to be that mm-hmm. and so like people that are secure in themselves that like love a tall partner like go off and like mm-hmm. shout out to you so yeah tall people lift up your short kings and also like avoid short conquerors like people with napoleon complexes (laughs) that like (laughs) still have a lot to work on (laughs) than themselves and it's okay to be a little spoon 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's okay to be spooned. In fact, I recommend everyone be spooned. Little spoon. Fantastic. Oh, thanks, Vanessa. <laughs> yeah, this was so fun. Thanks always the best me. talking to you. You always, you always open up my world a little bit more. Oh, gosh. Thanks.